Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, if you are looking for a terrific place to go and watch the game today, maybe you want to get out and about a little bit, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee, home of the Pig Porker, and they're going to have uh, – they're going to have – uh, I know on the tube today they're going to have the Brewers game coming up tonight. They got the Bucks game and they've got ticket giveaways going on out there. So a lot of stuff. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, Pewaukee Lake, uh, right there on Lakeview Boulevard by Smokey's Bait Shop. And once the uh, once the season gets underway, you'll be able to watch, sit outside, watch the boats pull in and out, and all that kind of good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Certainly appreciate it. If you want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, uh, what else do we have here for you? This is from uh, Jacob. Jacob says, uh, hey, guys, uh, the prediction sure to go wrong is that the Brewers win the division and win in the first round of the postseason. At least I've got optimism. There you go. I like that. We'll get back into that coming up here. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. And um, I think it, it's it's a logical question, but I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and they said, "Oh, this would just this would make me mad. This would just really, really make me mad." So I said, "Okay, let's 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 delve into this a little bit." The question simply is this: Aaron Rodgers gets traded, or as he's waiting to get traded, whatever. Okay. So he decides he's going to get all the receivers together. He's going to go into the OTAs. He's going to go into the minicamp. He's going to work out. He's going to do anything and everything he possibly can to get ready for this upcoming season. So my friend says, oh, geez, yeah, he can do that for the Jets, but he can't do it for us. He can't do it last year. For the team to get better. He can't come in. It was beneath him to come in and work out with Christian Watson, Romeo Dove, Samari Torre, and get him, you know, get him up and running. But yet he's gonna go do it for the Jets. Oh my God, that would piss me off. And I said, Well, I understand it. And I think there's probably a lot of people that are gonna be right there with you. I'll be right there with you. I I I, I get it, I understand it, the whole deal. However, however, my thought on this is that he has to. It's a new team. Logically, it makes sense for him to do that. I wouldn't expect him. It's almost like I wouldn't expect him not to be there, not to work out with these guys. Because he's... He's he's got to be a part of that, right? So I I don't. On one hand, I agree as a fan. I'm kind of like, oh God, that that would that would make me mad too. But on the other hand, no, I get it. He's going to a new team. He's trying to indoctrinate himself to a new group of people. It would make sense if he went in, right? Ben, am I wrong on this? Making sense is not something that I have uh, come to be able to do when it comes to this. I would not be surprised. I also, some of the conversations we've heard from Sala regarding Rodgers are kind of bracing for him not to show up. So I expect him not to. Would it anger me if he does? Not really. I don't care. 
I I honestly I think that if if he doesn't show up, it would make me more mad. To be honest with you, right? If he doesn't show up, it would make you more if he mad. doesn't show up. If I'm a if I'm a fan of if I'm a fan of the the Jets and he doesn't show, I'm pissed. You know, you're talking about the possibility of of going to a Super Bowl that he's the guy that's the linchpin for this team, not only getting to the postseason, but having legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. If I'm a Jets fan and he comes in, I don't want to say new system because he knows Nathaniel Hackett, but, you know, Sala, all the guys around him, he hasn't worked with any of these guys. I'd be kind of upset if he doesn't come in and put the extra work in to make not only himself but everybody around him better. You know? So I just thought I'd throw it out there. But it was a question that was posed to me, and on, on my, my, instant rea- my gut reaction was, hell yeah, I'd be mad. He wouldn't do it here. Why would he do it there? And then I thought, wait a minute. he's good. Logic then tells me, of course he should. Of course he should. So I just thought I'd kind of test the waters there because uh, apparently, according to many, um, according to many, that uh, this is going to happen sooner rather than later. I I really believe, and I've said this all along, and I don't think I've ever wavered from this, uh, it would behoove both the Packers and the Jets to get this done before the draft. It really would. Otherwise, the the ball is more so in the court of the Packers after the fact because then they don't have to do it until after June 1st, and that's not what the Jets want. They want to get this thing done sooner rather than later. So I think both sides are going to get this thing done in in a timely fashion here in the next couple of weeks. It may take almost right up until the the draft, maybe the week prior to, uh, but there's a lot of people that are starting to go, no, this is going to get done. There's going to be this meeting in the middle uh, it just depends on kind of what creativity uh, works out when it comes to the draft choices. I still think that if I'm the if I'm the Packers and I'm backing down off of the first round draft choice, what I want to do is I want to flip flop our picks, thirteenth for the fifteenth. So the Packers move up to thirteen, Jets move down to fifteen. You're still getting a decent player at fifteen. Don't get me wrong. You take at least one, if not both, of their second round picks. And then you can put that conditional pick on next season. That's that's kind of the way I would look at it. By the way, over on the YouTube uh, stream, you are back up and running for those that want to chat. It's back. I don't know how it happened, but for whatever reason, it went to uh, the video was made for kids. <laughs> this is this is usually not a kids video. We're not we're not G rated here. But anyway, so you're back. Uh, but that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Now, I, I, what what compensation becomes acceptable to many? And no matter what, I think we're going to get the Goody, Goody stinks, he got hosed, the Packers got screwed, all of that stuff. That's all going to happen. No matter what, because they are already – not getting what 
you know, what Detroit got for Matthew Stafford. They're not getting what Seattle got in return for Russell Wilson. They're not getting that. So people are already mad. So people are going to be, no matter what happens, they're going to be mad. But as this, as the reality of this thing continues to set in, um, it becomes more and more evident that uh, that first-round draft choice is the contentious pick. And if I'm the Packers, I say, fine, if you're not going to give it to us, and we're going to flip-flop it with you. We're going to take 13, you take 15, we'll take your higher second-round draft. You're getting the asset, you're getting the commodity that is Aaron Rodgers. If the Sacramento Kings make the postseason this year, which I don't even know if they clinched yet or not, but if the Sacramento Kings they are did. in the postseason, last night. they did. Okay, last night they did. Okay, that means the New York Jets, out of the four major sports, basketball, football, baseball, and hockey, out of the four major sports, the New York Jets now hold the longest, longest streak of uh, lacking postseason appearances, which is since 2010. Why would you not just go ahead and pull the trigger on this deal? Just get it done. Get it done and hope you get this guy in and start working with him if you haven't done so for the most part already. But if I'm the Packers, I'm also saying, look, he's our commodity right now. We're, we're talking about trading him, yes. But he's our commodity right now. We're not going to give you the, the, over, the, the hedging of the bets here. He's not coming there. He's not working out. He's not doing any of that stuff until this deal is done. So I, I'm, I'm like flip flop the the ones. Give me at least one, the highest of the second round picks, if not both of them, or a second and a third, and then we'll give back a third next year if he doesn't play, because we don't care about the third round anyway. They can't hit a third round draft choice to save their life. So that that's what we do. Does that sound fair? Is that is that that about a, a decent line of thinking, Ben? It is. I don't know. I wonder. I like like obviously the Jets are are in a more desperate position, and they are driven by a guy like Woody Johnson. I just wonder, like with with what we've seen so far from Douglas and Gutekunst, it seems that they both have the capability to stand pat and not just uh, go to whatever the other needs. If you know what I'm saying, where it's not mm-hmm. a we, we see many GMs that I, I feel like the deals happen rather quickly. I think if this was going to happen quickly, it would have happened a week or two weeks ago. Right. So while and Albert Albert Breer said today that he thinks it'll get done before the draft to possibly this week or next week. I don't know. I, I could see both of them digging their heels in and waiting longer because, yes, the only difference is the draft is happening. So you need that pick to use right now. But right. it's not as if Rodgers is going to show up. Or we don't know that he will. Yeah. Uh, it's still believed that this deal, regardless, okay, let me say this. Regardless of when it gets done, it's done. It, it's, it's going to get done. There is no doubt in my mind, none, zero, that Aaron Rodgers will not be under center for the New York Jets come opening day. Uh, the reasoning is, uh, when it comes to Albert Breer, he says, I don't think uh, things between the Packers and the Jets are nearly as bad as some people want to believe. We mentioned earlier in the week, uh, as reported uh, by 
uh, Ian Rappaport between the general managers, Joe, Doug- Joe Douglas and Brian Gudikins from their time coming up as young road scouts, uh, along with the two head coaches, Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur, that they're really good friends. So any raw feelings between Rodgers and the Packers, I think, are manageable because of the relationships that are already in place. There's also been progress towards hammering out the deal in the large part because despite the whole lot of who's got the leverage argument, there's a reason for both sides to get motivated to get this thing done, which is 100% true. And it, cutting through all the crap and all the stink and all the, all the smear, that's exactly what it is. There's, there's reasons on both sides to get this thing done, hands down. Hands down. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Eric listening to us in Madison. Eric, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, how are you? <clears throat> I was I'm doing good, man. Talking, you were talking about Rodgers uh, having to go to camp. Well, yeah, that's part of the reason why he's getting kicked out of Green Bay, isn't it? If he really loved Green Bay and he wanted to stay here, he would have showed up for all the mini camps. And the fact of you know, the Packers are probably pissed off at him for skipping all these mini camps. That would give me more reasons to go to a mini camp for the Jets to start on the right foot. I mm-hmm. would think. Wouldn't you wouldn't you think? Oh yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I would assume it like I said, if I'm a Jets fan, I the minute he's traded, I want him in New York. I want him working out with the guys at the Meadowlands or at the practice facility or someplace warm. I, I, I want to see him putting everything he can into this team, not only making it to the postseason, but having a legitimate shot of winning a Super Bowl. And if he doesn't, oh, yeah. I, as a Jets fan, I'd be pissed. So as a Packers yeah. fan, people are going to be mad if he does that. But as a Jets fan, I'd be pissed if he didn't. Yeah, exactly. And you also, well, how do I be nice about this? Green Bay media has been a whole lot nicer to Rodgers than the New York media would be if he pulled the same stuff in New York as he pulled in Green Bay. <laughs> um, he would, try- yeah, try- he would be the scourge, if you will, of that. Uh, because if you've ever seen the documentary on Mike and the Mad Dog and the power they have via media when it comes to talk radio, sports talk radio in New York, Oh, my goodness. If he would have done the I'm immunized versus vaccinated type of thing there, it might have been yeah, they, they would have killed him. Uh, they would have verbally killed him uh, on in, in the media. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you that he is uh, he's going to the pressure cooker. No doubt about it. I'm not taking anything away from the media here. I would never do that. Uh, it's just that there's a lot more outlets that are willing to take chances and don't give a damn uh, in New York and in that surrounding area. That will go after him without a doubt. I mean, I've I've grew up now. I grew up out there. I actually remember listening to Mike and Mad Dog in the mid eighties, mid late eighties mm-hmm. when their show started on FAN in New York. They were good. Yeah. I like Mike and the Mad Dog. So yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, New York, New York would not be uh, New York would not be real kind like the Green Bay media was. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, right. As far as compensation goes, I was just listening. If you swap thirteen, fifteen, take both of their seconds. I'll be nice because, like I said before, third-round picks go to Green Bay to die. Just give them a third just so we can get rid of it, and maybe we'll take one of their fourths or fifths (laughs) or something. That's not a bad way to go. I appreciate the phone call. So flip the firsts, take both of their seconds, give them our third. I do that. I do that. Yes. That's not a bad thought. Are people being serious, Bill, when they say that? Like about genuinely what? giving up a third because the Packers haven't had good luck in the third round recently. Recently, twenty-five years. I know. Am I twenty-five the only one years? That they've had three guys crazy? hitting twenty. No, if if you get both of their seconds, give them your third. 
and you flip the first round with them, then not only do you have three choices in the second round, you give up your third, you flip-flop to the 13th overall versus the 15th. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Well, sure, sure. I mean, would people would rather give up a third than give up a fourth. That's my question. Is that sentiment actually out there, or is it a bit? I, I think that sentiment's out there for as, as bad as the Packers have been in the third round. I would I, I, I would credit I it more to it. bad luck. Like I, I would rather have a third-round pick than a fourth-round pick every time, even if it's been a very bad track record. Um, I don't buy into it as much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh, God, I... Um, just you just go over the years and just look at how bad it's been. I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't doubt that. Well, I know it's been bad. I guess I don't look at what has been bad and look to the future and think that will make it bad in the future. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I'm 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 baffled at how bad the third round draft pick has been and I think people are just like, "You know what? Don't even waste our time." The next third-round draft choice that hits will be the first one in a long time. And, you know, the one they chose last year ended up getting suspended for PEDs. Amari Rogers isn't even here, and you start to go through that list. You're like, wow. Wow. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Want to hear from you. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Are you ready? A little bit of baseball. A little bit of baseball. Getting ready to get underway. Excited about it. Bucks in the driver's seat uh, down at Pfizer Forum tonight, taking on the Boston Celtics. Looking forward to watching the Brewers and the Cubs today. And then I'm heading down to the Pfizer to catch the game tonight. And short of getting a uh, deal done for Aaron Rodgers today, which would make today the sporting trifecta in the state of Wisconsin, you do have Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers uh, doing their thing via spring ball. But uh, beyond that, it is, uh, it is a plethora of stuff going on throughout the state, which brings us to our next guy, which is our buddy Kevin Holden, CBS 58, now joining us on the hotline, who will be in attendance with us eating Stenny's wings come Monday. And I'm looking forward to that as well. Happy opening day, Kevin. How you doing? Happy opening day, Bill. Yeah, this is, this is an exciting time. It's just, it, I don't know if there's anything that, that's as fun as starting that that with that zero and zero record with all kinds of optimism, everybody Pittsburgh they're optimistic today. How often does that happen? <laughs> right? Yeah, that doesn't happen very not in Pittsburgh anyway. That's for damn. I mean, it's we are family. They're still living on that from years gone by in those badass Soup Bowl hats. <laughs> they're treating 1979 like it's two weeks ago. It's, it's right. Uh, unfortunately, it's true. But yeah, it's it just. It's fun. It's it's a great time, and you know it starts it off. It just means that warmer weather is coming. Like uh, you know, if it if it isn't here yet, where where these people are watching games, it's going to be here. So let's talk about uh, th- this Brewers team and a lot of you know I, I guess realistic thoughts, Kevin. I mean, 
How how good do you think this team can be? Is this a team that's going to contend for the division? Is this a team that's most likely to play second or third? And where would you place them in the division right now with all the other teams? Yeah, it's. I, I still think that this Brewers team has, than uh, they have for the last couple of years, have had the one thing that they've been missing traditionally, which is great pitching, great starting pitching specifically. And, you know, you, you go in with, Burns and Woodruff now several years into their careers and just all kinds of success for both of them. Freddie Peralta's in that boat. He's been, you know, there for long enough and, and been successful long enough. He's a fine pitcher. They've got guys in behind him. Like this is that pitching is going to help them compete no matter what, even if the offense is anemic, they're still going to win some games. And I think the offense won't necessarily be anemic. I think there's a little more pop in there than there was. Uh, there's there's a couple of positions I still want to see sorted out, but I think I think the worst case scenario, they're, they're a, a second to third place team in the division, and I think they got a pretty good chance of uh, of competing for that division title. They should be right there with the Cardinals fighting through the year, in my mind. So you look at the lineup today, and we it's funny because the lineup came out and people are already going, wait a minute, why is Winker hitting second? Well, I mean, it's like we haven't even played a game, and there's criticism and question regarding the uh, the lineup. So what do you make of the top of the lineup of this team, of Christian Yelich and Winker and obviously Rowdy Telez batting cleanup? Uh, is this a team that's going to have uh, any at all average as opposed to a lot of strikeouts and bombing the baseball? Yeah, it is. It is a, it is a modern analytics-led team. There is no doubt about that. They've, they've got guys that are going to cut from the heels. They're going to hit home runs. They're going to strike out a lot yes. because that's no longer an, an issue, you know, in the, uh, in, in the modern baseball world. If you strike out a bunch of times, it's okay. So that you know that part's going to be all right. I think eventually over time, I wouldn't mind seeing Garrett Mitchell become someone who could be the top of the order guy and let Yelich bat a little farther down, even if it's just second. I think I like that a little bit better. Yelich is a a very good pure hitter, good average, good on base percentage, and he's fine in that one hole. But Garrett Mitchell has this this motor, this high motor, uh, to use an NFL draft term and cross it over, that – that, that is going to, I think, eventually be a spark plug for this this lineup, the kind of guy you'd want to see in that one hole is going to put pressure on a pitcher. So maybe that's the, the change I'd like to see. <clears throat> Winker in the two-hole is interesting, but, uh, you know, this, the, Craig Council loves to throw some wrinkles. There's no doubt about that. So, um, Kevin, the, the middle I, to me, the Achilles heel of this team, not only has it been uh, over the last couple of years the amount of strikeouts that this team has had, but also – now you look at, say, the middle relief or the bullpen itself. Is that to where you could say if there's going to be a, a an Achilles heel to this team, that's where it'll be? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I still I, I think they start games well, and I, I feel like Devin Williams will be fine closing games. But getting between them, getting from the starter to the closer, is, uh, is going to be a, a bit of an adventure in some days. And the thing about it with this, you know, again, going to, to modern baseball and the way it works, pitch counts and, you know, saving arms and that kind of thing is, you know, this team years ago would have just had those guys all go eight. You know what I mean? Birds would have for all to just throw seven or eight and be done with it. But it's not really the way it works anymore. So if they throw five and Devin Williams is set for the ninth inning, then, then yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at a whole lot of Peter Strzelecki and Bryce Wilson and Hobie Milner and 
yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's it, out of that group always seems to come one or two guys that that have been decent. Hobie Miller had a good year last year, but uh, they, yeah, it's still getting those outs in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning is is going to be interesting. I think this is the year that we really miss the era of Brewers baseball where it was Hater and Corey Knable, uh, you know, Jeremy Jeffress, where you had like three dudes and you could, you could basically shut down seven, eight, and nine. This team does not have that ability, unfortunately. Um, so let me go back to when you talk about that, that setup guy. Uh, it's Devin Williams' job to lose as far as the closer goes. Who is that seven, eight, and nine guy? Is that just going to be uh, kind of a, a grouping uh, via attrition and they'll eventually work itself out is what you figure? Yeah, I think my guess is Council will play matchups a little bit too since he has to put a guy in now for three hitters at a time, you know, the rule from, from last year that's uh, still in effect. You know, you could see if it's, you know, if it's a couple of lefties in there, I could see Milner throwing an eighth inning. If it's all righties, I could see Matt Bush throwing an eighth inning. Um, there's, you know, there, there's a couple of, of different ways to approach it. And I also think that, that Aaron Ashby's return, whenever that is, is going to change things a bit for this team because if they can use him to eat up multiple innings in between, now I feel way better about it. Like if you if you give me five innings of Brandon Woodruff and then two of Aaron Ashby, now you're through seven and and, and now it's much much easier. So Ashby is a guy that that can change the face of the bullpen. But other than that, yeah, if you if you ask me who's throwing the eighth today, I have no idea. It's it's kind of wide open right now. Um, so a win total, uh, you're saying 87, 90, 92. Are you getting crazy on me? What are you thinking? <laughs> well, you know, I always get crazy. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how I, right. Win. But in win totals, I, I think, I think this team has a, has a shot at 90, but 90 is going to require things to go right offensively. It's going to require Jesse Winker to be what they need him to be. It's going to require Contreras to be, uh, you know, as a hitter, what he can be to blossom finally in a, in a you know, full season as a starting catcher. Uh, if those things happen, the 90s, well in range. If they're not, they might struggle down around the 87 mark, 87, 88, or even a little lower. Um, it's, it's possible that, that they just pitch their way through all this. You know, it, it's possible that they could just be good enough to just pitch their way to 90. Uh, but but again, that has to go completely right. And in that case, you have to hope for no after effects of Corbin Burns and what happened during the you know spring training and all the stuff leading up and him hiring Boris Corp. You you have to hope that none of that touches anybody in that clubhouse in a regular season. Uh, I think that there's possibility that happens, but uh, it's it's not for sure, and that's definitely a storyline to watch. Talking uh, with Kevin Holden, the CBS 58. You can find him at 321Q Kevin over on Twitter. And uh, you're going to, by the way, our buddy Chuck Freeman's going to join us on Monday. Freems is with us. Are you serious? Yeah, it'll be me, you, and Freems on, uh, on Monday morning eating wings and garlic cheese bread and Bloody Marys and all that kind of good stuff. This is, you. everything you're saying right now is just fantastic. This is, yeah. this is why it's the most optimistic time of the year. I can't wait. To see <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, going to I want to talk about Corbin Burns for a minute because uh, obviously a lot of thought about will they or will they not trade him? What is his value? What it depends on what he does this year. He, he hired Scott Boris. You know he's going to free agency. He's going to get a ton of money to go somewhere else. So, do you trade him come the trade deadline? I you know I I hate it because I thought the Josh Hader trade 
in an exact same situation with a year and a half left on the contract really left a sour taste in the clubhouse. And the last thing you want to do is go back there. But it is a situation where the Brewers aren't going to retain Corbin Burns. It's not going to happen now. And so that to me means you have to consider it. And especially if things hadn't quite gone the Brewers way, if you get to June or July and it's like, uh, you know, there's holes here. This team may not be the type that, that can compete for, you know, the, the, you know, for a pennant this year, then you really have to seriously consider it. You would get a massive haul back for Corbin Burns. And, and that's the, the advantage of it. The disadvantage, of course, is you see another great, uh, you know, prospect that comes out of the system, a great pitching prospect. You finally, the Brewers develop into, uh, you know, a Cy Young award winner. And then he disappears. He's gone. And that's that's the the disappointing side. But uh, yeah, I think especially if you're if you're behind where you want to be in the standings, I think I think a Corbin Burns trade is greater than 50 50 at this point. If they're let's say they're right there and they're actually battling the Cardinals for the top spot. Do you do you move them? I don't. <laughs> if uh, if I'm in that position uh, and and I got a team that's all in, and maybe this is a lesson that was learned last year because the Brewers were a first place team when they traded Josh Hader, and they didn't make the playoffs. So if they if the, there was a lesson to be learned from it, it's that you have something good in the moment, and you don't necessarily want to mess that up, especially if you have that top notch starting pitcher. If they're if they look like they could win the NL. I don't think I would move Corbin Burns. I think I would take the penalty of what you would get down the line, you know, getting less in a trade down the line for having Corbin Burns available to you for a full year because it's special. And if fans and, and everybody else alike would like to have special together as long as you can, if they can do that this whole year, that would be ideal. If they, if they do that, I think it'll be exciting. And I, hopefully they've learned enough to, to hang on to them if they're a first-place team in July. Uh, give me your thoughts on council. Was this his last year? Yeah, that's a weird thing too. That the you know you sort of underneath all of this is this undercurrent of of what's going to happen with council. I I feel like that he's had a position within this organization, and it's and it goes back to before he was a manager because he was with the franchise even after he retired as a you know an advisor and assistant before uh, coming back on board as the manager. I can't imagine he goes anywhere. I just, I think they'll figure this out, but I, I don't, I just cannot imagine mm-hmm. at the end of this run where he's had such an impact on the franchise and on the game of baseball and how the teams approach stuff. And I, I just, I can't imagine him walking away. I, I just simply can't do it. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't see him leaving. I mean, I guess, you know, for your kids, if you want to just go see your kids play ball, but I don't know. I, I, I think there's a very strong tie to this Brewers organization and continued success, and especially if they perform well this year. I, I got to think that maybe maybe Craig would want to come back. Hey, real quick before I let you go, obviously the top story has always been uh, and still will be as long as he's around is that Aaron Rodgers. Give me your thoughts on what's transpired. And we've gone from a deal like Matthew Stafford, a deal like uh, you know Russell Wilson, to a first-round draft choice or two, and now we're down to the possibility of taking just their second-round draft choice. All of this has gone on, and Rodgers is still not a New York Jet. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, that to me, the fact that it hasn't been finalized means there's some major docking that's going on in terms of you know what the compensation is, what the picks are, and what the teams uh, you know want, and that kind of thing. And that's 
it's it's interesting because I don't know if I have ever in my life heard so many different sides say this is done or treat it as if it's done when it's not done. That's mm-hmm. that is super bizarre to me. And and I, I got to tell you, it, this may be the cynic in me seeing things happen in you know in pro sports over the years. But the longer this doesn't get done, the more a little ray opens up of thought that he's not going. I, I know that's crazy because everybody's saying he is. But if, if he was, it, I, I, would, I would have thought it would be done by now. I, the next couple of weeks don't bother me that much. But if you get close to the draft, and especially if you get to the back end of the draft and it hasn't happened, I wonder if there's at least – I mean, look, I'm talking 10% chance. But maybe there's a 10% chance this falls apart and, and he's back or, or retires, you know, just right. changes course or whatever. But I don't it, – it is beginning to bother me a little bit, Bill, that it's not done yet, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I, and once you get past the draft – then the Brewers have, or the Packers have zero incentive to get rid of them before June 1st because then at least you can divide up some of that money and uh, you can maybe gain yourself a little bit of money and maybe a veteran free agent or somebody that you could pick up along the way that you could afford to put on your roster because then you can at least split that money up. So, uh, yeah, I think it behooves uh, more so the Jets to get the deal done than it does the Packers because the Packers have a bargaining chip on the backside of the draft should they not get the deal done, whereas the Jets don't have any incentive after that so or anything to gain after that other than getting their guy in camp. So good stuff as always, Kevin. Look forward to seeing you on uh, Monday morning too down at Stenny's. Well, I can't wait. I'm thinking Bloody Mary's already. There you go. Bloody Mary's, wings, and uh, the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread. We'll be face first in that stuff. Good stuff from our buddy Kevin Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Good stuff. It, it's opening day. Just makes you feel good, you know, excited about it. Uh, got a question here, and this is regarding Bally's, and I, I want to get into this because I'll be honest, I don't know. And if anybody out there does, let me know. But uh, this is uh, from Jesse. Jesse says, hey, uh, I'm watching the Brewers pregame right now while I listen to the program. Uh, and Bally's is still the host. I thought Bally's was defunct. What's going on there? Isn't Major League Baseball putting on the production? I I don't know. If anybody knows, let me know. I I, I see exactly what you're seeing here in front of me as we get ready for the, the Brewers and the Cubs, but the, the great big B, the big Bally's B is still up there. Uh, I think the B now, though, stands for bankrupt. Uh, I, I could, could be wrong on that, but I think the B now stands for bankrupt, so we'll have to check into that. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.